All right, everyone, and welcome back to the Business of Fitness podcast. I'm your host, Jason Kleep, and on today's episode, Roland Solo diving into this idea of should you take over an existing gym or start one new? And the motivation for this episode came from a social media post. This gentleman reached out to me and was asking me a variety of different questions in regards to this. I thought it would just be a little bit easier to do a podcast about it because if it's a question he has, other people probably do as well. If you haven't rated, reviewed, or shared this podcast, would really appreciate it if it's adding value for you. Let us know so we can continue to do episodes like this where we get motivated from you guys to dive into a specific subject. Now, if you're a gym owner out there, if you're a coach out there, if you haven't checked out the NC Fit Collective, if you haven't checked out our new NC Fit apparel, you're missing out. Make sure you go to nc.fit and see all the different things we're doing from the collective to the partner program to the apparel. Now let's dive into an amazing episode on should you start from scratch or take over an existing gym? Let's go. I think it's a really great question. And I think a lot of people have this same question. And I think what it comes down to is let's look at this in terms of tangible and intangible. Let's look at this as there's a cost associated, maybe not as much of a cost associated. These are, these are really uh, interesting conversations to have. So number one, if you're deciding between creating your own or taking over one and you're not a member at that current gym, it's important to understand and get exposure to the vibe and the atmosphere and the community feel of what you're taking over. That goes for your staff, that goes for the owner, and that goes for the members. Because if, if you walk into a gym and it doesn't have the same core values or the ethics or, or maybe what you're interested in creating, it's going to be really, really difficult to change that around. Let's just say it's a very competitive gym, very aggressive gym, and you want more of a different approach. It's going to be very tough to change that and the mindset of the staff. So I think the first step is if you cannot identify a gym in your surrounding area that aligns with your core values and what you want to offer as far as service is concerned, that's a great reason to start from scratch. A reason not to start from scratch would be if there's a competitive advantage to do so. And so just like anything in life, to prepare us for these challenging times, we want to be as well positioned as we possibly can. And when you open up a business, you take on a lot of risk and a lot of liability. And if you could do that and find a competitive advantage in the process, you're winning. That could be taking over an existing gym or it could not be. It can make it even worse. But let's think about some things that would make it good. Okay. If you were deciding and you really want to open a gym and you're looking around and you found someone that you align with their core values and you like the staff, you like the owner, step one. Step two, what is their lease like? Is it a competitive below market lease? If they have a below market lease, that's, that's a huge competitive edge or advantage. That's a great thing to think about. And when you're thinking about the lease, you want to know what is the zoning? What is the price? How many years are left? Is it personally guaranteed? And what are the extension opportunities there? These are things to think about. If there's extensions on it, if the lease can be transferred, if it's non-personally guaranteed, and if it's below market, you're already winning, right? But other things to think about is what else is written in the lease? Is there exclusiveness written in the lease? Do you have a right to, for example, the fitness use in um, a shopping center? 
if that's the case, that's a big competitive advantage if no one else in that shopping center could have a fitness use, for example. Other things to layer on to lease would be permits. Maybe this gym was opened years and years ago before the city created new permits and mandates. Maybe they got locked in to uh, approved zoning when now you couldn't even get it. So that's a big competitive advantage too. If you're taking over a pre-existing business that is zoned properly and safely, effectively, but yet today you couldn't do that same thing. That's a big advantage, right? So these are things to recognize. Other kind of like hard-hitting, you know, non-real negotiables that are that are that are competitive advantages would be your TIs. If you look at a space and yes, you align with the vision, yes, the lease is good, yes, the zoning is appropriate, well then what are the TIs? If someone spent a hundred or two hundred thousand to build this thing out, it could be a really great time for you to come in and optimize on that and to use that as again your competitive edge. When opening a business, it's important to look for these because it's just tough out there. And if we want to win, we need to be seeing if this is a good thing for us. So TI's tenant improvements is one that you could look at and actually quantify. You could look at it and say, hey, it's going to cost me 40000 for the bathrooms. It's going to cost me 20000 for this, 50000 for that. Okay, I could put a number attached to that. Because if you did on your own, you'd still need to do the same build out, for example. Then you can start getting into things like equipment, which is also another hard asset. That one's really, really simple, right? You're looking at leases, you can put a value on that. You're looking at tenant improvements, you can put a value on that. Equipment, you can put a value on that. These ones in particular are pretty clear cut. You could easily determine the value of a business on that. The lease is 2000 below market, there's value there. It has five years left on the lease, value there. It's zoned properly, there's 50,000 in gear and 100,000 TI. Okay, business is worth 250,000, let's just say. The ones that are a little bit more challenging to, to, to fully dive in on, but that are just as important is the billing, the talent, and the timing. So it's hard to put a value on the billing. And I know that some of you might be saying, well, dude, if it's bringing in 50,000 a month, those are 50,000 in billing. You're absolutely right, right? And there should be some type of multiplier normally. But that is monthly reoccurring revenue. That's electronic funds transfer on a monthly basis. Maybe some of them are on contracts, but even if they are on contracts, I know at our gyms, at NC Fit, if you're a member and you're not happy with our service, you should be able to cancel it. You should. If we haven't earned your business, you should be able to cancel it. So should these people. So where the billings become very complicated is a business on paper might be doing a million dollars in revenue a year. But when you look at it, if the if the owner is coaching 70% of the classes and they want to exit, the valuation of that business is going to drop because these members who are on monthly memberships are, are being retained by the owner who wants to exit. And that's really difficult. And you could look at this in two ways. If you're a current owner, you should think about what I just said, because if you ever do want to sell, you need to get it to a place where you could have operators where you're not always attached because otherwise the business is going to lose some value. And if you're looking at buying it, you're saying to yourself, well, dude, how am I going to buy it if John is the owner, he's the main coach, and if he leaves, we might not retain all these members because they're attracted to what he's offering. So that's, 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 a, that's a big notion on the billing. I'm not saying there shouldn't be value there. It's just something to take into consideration that you need to really note before going into a business and buying one. Moving on from there is this idea of talent. 
Maybe this person has employment contracts with key talent that you love. Maybe there's key talent that want to stick with you and and grow with you. Hell yeah. Maybe this key talent is coaching 80% of the classes and the owner is only there 20% of the time. That's a really great opportunity for you to come in because you assume you're going to be able to retain more of the billings because the billings and the members have a great relationship with the coaches who you'll be able to retain and then eventually grow and develop, right? Without the owner being present. So the talent becomes a, an additional factor. Who is the talent there? Are you starting from scratch? If you're starting from scratch, that's an issue. If you already have people, that's a great competitive advantage. And lastly, when it comes to competitive advantage is timing. If you're sitting there right now, you're like, dude, I need to open up tomorrow. Well, then buying an existing location could be the way to go. But if you want to slow play it and build it out yourself, maybe it'll take six months to a year. And so I think all of this is a long-winded way of saying there's no right or wrong. There's no perfect example of should you buy an existing gym or should you start your own? But what I would ask you is if you want to buy a gym for half a million dollars, but if you started one next door, what are the competitive advantage pros and cons on both sides? If you could buy one for half a million, that's completely turnkey and is generating 50 grand a month in revenue. Maybe that's the way to go versus spending 250 on this other one and then having to build it up. Or maybe this one's overvalued because you're worried that as soon as the owner leaves, all the members are going to leave. And therefore it's only worth the equipment, the lease and the permits and um, the TIs that I was sharing before. Ultimately, what each person listening needs to think about, including myself, when we're looking at new locations and to answer this person's question, which one is going to set you up for success? Which one provides you more of a competitive advantage or does buying something provide you a competitive advantage? And if it does, right, how much is that worth to you? And what is the risk associated? Perfect way to summarize this conversation. What is the competitive advantage for buying someone? What is that worth to you? And what is the risk associated with attaining that location? Maybe there's a risk that you might lose 50% of the revenue. Well, is that worth it to you? You need to go into it knowing that you might lose a lot of this and you're okay with that. Or maybe there's a risk that you might lose all the staff and that might be okay with it too. But the, the, the big kicker is most owners are going to overvalue their business because they're emotionally attached to it. But what they need to realize is that your business is definitely worth what the lease is worth, what the zoning's worth, what the equipment and TIs. In addition to that is just icing on top of the cake. If you have great billings with solid staff, and especially if you have long-term uh, reoccurring contracts, um, that, w- that would also add to your evaluation. So when you're deep diving, there's no perfect answer, but those are definitely some things to take into consideration. What are the competitive advantages of purchasing something? And we've seen a lot of gyms where there is competitive advantages. We've seen other ones where it's just better to start from scratch. Is the culture right? And then move from there. And um, look, if you're if you're interested in opening up a gym or if you're currently in a gym owner and you haven't checked out the NC Fit Collective, uh, I, I obviously, I, I scream from the hilltops about the collective. I really believe in it. I've dedicated my life to raising the bar for gym owners, coaches, and for our business and as many as we can. And the collective is a tool for helping owners do that. So email collective at nc.fit or check out the links below for more information. And um, if you like this episode, let me know so I could keep doing more similar or maybe a little bit different. If you have questions for me, hit us up on social media, uh, Jason Kleeper, NC Fit Collective. And um, let's just keep rising the tides. Let's get after it. Whether you buy one, start one, what is the competitive advantage 
And um, just like the sport of business, what Mark Cuban talks about, let's put the best field on the, t- let's put the best team on the field. Let's set ourselves up for success and whatever that means to you, but just don't be naive in thinking that all the billions are going to retain. A lot of those people, if they were attached to the owner, they may leave. They may not. But if they do, are you still okay with that risk that's associated? Let's keep getting after it. Keep grinding it. Have a great day, everybody.